Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you today, Rob? Today, Russell, I am feeling super excited because we are joined by a very, very, very good friend of ours. And this is a special bonus talk art. And we are doing this episode to highlight an amazing campaign, which is called Get Into Teaching, because you and I have learned so much through doing this podcast. And I think we've remembered the importance of education. And I think both of us have always taught ourselves a lot about art and, uh, you know, reading loads of books and actually just getting out to museums and galleries and actually looking at art. But we've remembered remembered the impact that teachers had on us when we were at school and I think so much of the skills we were taught have been transferable into our adult lives it sort of becomes like something you don't really remember it's almost like once you finally you know graduate being at school and you go into the real world you just sort of forget you ever learned all those skills but actually it is the teachers that taught us is the reason we're even able to like be a broadcaster or an actor or you know me being a gallerist and and I think we really want to encourage people to get into teaching themselves and you know working out how you might even have had a really successful career doing something completely different to teaching and then deciding maybe you want to have a change and become a teacher which is very handy because that is what our guest today has done absolutely and this this is a special bonus episode as rob said we have partnered with get into teaching and it's about turning passions into careers and uh, that can really cover everything but especially teaching so we would like to welcome to talk art today ella parsons hi ella hi guys how are you? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Good, so thanks. Nice you're here. It's very nice to be here. It seems very strange to be in the podcast kind of world. <laughs> it's seeing, seeing things from the other side. But why, why is that then? How do we actually know each other, Ella? Well, how do we know each other? Well, I was your editor on your very, very amazing talk art book. So I approached you, God, I don't know how long ago now, a couple of years ago, because I um, had heard your podcast, thought it was absolutely fantastic, and thought there's a book in that. And I, at the time, I worked at a publishing company, so we reached out to you and we, you know, made a book together, um, which was amazing. Yeah. Amazing. We became a Sunday Times bestseller, Ella. <laughs> Because of you, <laughs> bestseller, Ella, Ella. It was, uh, it, yeah, it's been the whole incredible experience. But you were, the passions that you brought to, like the publishing of the book and the passions that you brought for us and the encouragement for us, because myself and Rob were really nervous about the prospect of writing a book and felt responsibilities to so many things like art history and everybody, really, who would, who would consider that picking up a book that we've written. But you were there at every point, encouraging, supporting, uh, partnering with us, I guess. And that that was an incredible experience for us. And for me, I mean, you guys were just fantastic to work with. The kind of passion you brought for the art made it so much easier to be able to make a book when you've got authors who just really love what they're talking about and writing about. Um, it was an absolute joy working with you on that book. And I learned so much about art in the process. Um, uh, yeah, it was just a really fun kind of collaboration uh, that was just, yeah, a real high point of my career. It was fantastic. I mean, just after our book became a Sunday Times bestseller and was out all over the world, even in America, and now um, they've translated it in Korean and it's doing really well in South Korea. Um, how, what, what, what sort of led you to then decide you were going to, um, you know, leave the publishing world, stop being an editor of books um, and then head into the world of teaching? Which, yeah. by the way, broke our heart when you told us, <laughs> <laughs> which was like, hang on a minute, we're meant to be publishing together with you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was quite a long process. Um, 
I think a lot of the world did the same as me. Lockdown hit and you kind of start to reassess things in your life, don't you? Um, and I loved my publishing career so much. Um, but I felt like there was maybe something a little bit missing. Um, and I kind of always had in the back of my mind that I would be a teacher. I don't know why, because um, obviously I didn't pursue that straight away. Um, and so whereas lockdown hit, I just kind of looked around and started exploring ways of getting into teaching um realized it was something that I could do and so yeah that's kind of the the path I followed and you were talking earlier about like the energy of the classroom and how much fun it's been to sort of be with all the students can you speak a bit about that yeah I mean I was we were talking about how it's been an adjustment because I was working from home as everyone else was for 18 months just on my own on my laptop I had teams calls but that was kind of it and I went from doing that within a few weeks suddenly being in a classroom with 31 11 year olds <laughs> which just the energy in that in a room with that many <laughs> teenagers um is is I mean it's exhausting those first few weeks I don't think I've ever been as tired just every day the kind of energy you is required for that many wow. teenagers but it's just fantastic I've always felt with teaching that I mean when I was really young I did want to be a history teacher I was obsessed with like dinosaurs and rocks and minerals and kings and queens but I always thought there was a performative side to it being a teacher standing at the front of class that you've got to have kind of a confidence to stand in front as you said 31 11 year olds who all are staring at you basically saying tell us what to do that must be terrifying how do do you get like stage fright as a teacher how do you overcome that (laughs) No, you do. You totally do. And I am not a dramatist, actor or anything. I hated drama at school. So the idea of the performing was never something that came naturally to me. But it's it kind of it's something that teachers talk about. You put your game face on. Um, it is a performance. You're at the front of the classroom and you're, um, yeah, you're having to perform to all these students who are relying on you to guide you through the lesson. Um, so it's something that took me a while to learn kind of what my teaching persona would be um, and how I wanted to come across yeah. in the classroom. Um because you you want to get the balance right. You want you want their respect, but you also want to build a relationship with them. And um, so you, it's kind of building that persona performer that you're going to have in front of the classroom when you're teaching. What is that then? What have you? Is it is it like what you wear or how you kind of hold yourself? What is that? Have you have you worked? I know you've only been doing it six months. So you're probably still yeah. perfecting your performance. But what is it? I'm still perfecting. I'm definitely still learning from teachers around me as well. Um, it can be what you wear. I know there's one teacher who says she never wears black. She always wears colour, um, just so she's noticeable in the classroom. Um, I haven't thought of it so much as that. It's a lot of kind of where you stand in the classroom. Um, you're at the front that's where you've got your spot where if you're there the students know they have to pay attention to you um and it's just I I know personally I want to be really warm and build a relationship with those students but then there is a point where you you know you are in charge you're not there to be with their friends so it's kind of getting that you want a bit of kind of joking around with them a bit of communication you want to know they want you want to get to know them you want to let them get to know you to a certain extent and building up that kind of relationship Mm. um and then yeah, that's kind of part of it, I think. Has and, any and, of them called you mum yet? Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, like, you're, you're, they have. Yeah. <laughs> that's it was, like oh, excruciating when you're at school. When you're at school, you go, mum, sorry, miss. No, it was... Um, <laughs> you never do that. It, I think I called... I never did that. It was mummy as well. It wasn't just mum. I got called mummy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, um, I, was getting, I was getting cross with the class and um, I think it was reflecting a kind of parent-child disagreement <laughs> so um the the automatic reflex you're teaching english and mm-hmm. what why did you choose to teach english and what is it about that specific subject that you love so much 
Um, well, it was only ever going to be English. I was never going to teach anything else. I mean, I just love books. Um, I did an English degree and then went into publishing to work solely on books. Um, so I just think um, books have so much power and they're so important. They teach us so much. Um, and I just really wanted to share that passion with my students. I mean, I think every teacher will say that their subject is the best subject to teach, but I think English is, but is the best. Um, it's, I mean, it's a core subject. I mean, it's, it's the basics. You're helping kids learn to read and write properly um but it's also teaching them skills to for the rest of their lives that you know they might not remember which Shakespearean play they read but they have learned how to communicate how to get their point across um how to be effective yeah how to be effective communicators in the world so whatever job you have when you're older that's going to be important and then on top of that hopefully you can instill a love of literature um and really share your passion um and it's also I I love that it's kind of, it, we have so many conversations in the classroom that build empathy. You're talking about characters. Why did this character do that? Why do you think they behaved in that way? What's their re- relationship with that person? And so, and all of that kind of, yeah, the standard school stuff, you're also building empathy and developing your students as human beings, which I think is really great. I actually think a lot of the English classes that I did really helped inform the way that I then understood art like later in life because I think there's so much crossover between the way that if you're reading I don't know a Shakespeare play you might end up then analyzing it the way it's been constructed all of these kind of skills that then I've taken even into doing talk art you know you it's something that like I was saying earlier you, it's almost like a, a reflex you're not really sure it's a bit like riding a bike or something it, it kind of stays with you and I think it's, it's really fascinating the more I look back to my English teachers and like like one in particular, I had a teacher um, called Miss Card and she um, also taught theatre. But I remember there were so many different things that, that she taught me that kind of lasted. And it's, it's really interesting to think of that, the impact you can actually make as a teacher on lives, you know, and, and making people sort of happier in the long run. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's quite, um, if you think about it too much, it's a bit overwhelming. You can think, you think one lesson can really have such a massive impact. Um, but it's also, I'm just so lucky to be in that position because you're right. It's the skills that you almost don't remember ever learning, but they will have originated in the classroom very probably. Um, and that's, and that is what I love about English is the crossover with different subjects. Like you said, with talk art. I mean, obviously there's a like history. I do a bit of drama in my classrooms. Um, I just, yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm not very good at it, but I do it. Um, and then, uh, yeah. I'm sure you're brilliant. <laughs> so so your, your love of literature took you into publishing. So yeah. what was your role at publishing and how, how was that transferred? Obviously, at, like trying to instill a love of literature, but how was that transferred into the classroom? Yeah, um, so I was an editor. So I worked very closely with um, designers and um, production people within the office, but also obviously very closely with authors to kind of bring a book into being. Um, so I worked mainly on nonfiction. And um, yeah, so I used to work, we'd kind of work on manuscripts, work with photographers, designers, everything to make these beautiful book packages. Um, and I saw this question earlier and I was laughing because I think the number one thing that this job taught me that I've taken into teaching is being able to read illegible handwriting. <laughs> those years, <laughs> all of those years trying to decipher scrolls on uh, annotated manuscripts. I can now, you know, any teenager can write as badly as they want. I will still know what they're trying to say. Um, so that makes marking a lot easier. <laughs> um, but it's also, I think, that relationship thing. I mean, as you said, we, we worked really, really closely together um, um, there was a lot of to and fro, there was a bit of guiding, there's a bit of um, 
collaboration and and you're kind of you're basically in publishing you're you're helping your authors achieve the best that they can they're ma- you're making the best product that they can make in their book um and I think that's actually not dissimilar to working with I mean obviously teenagers and authors can be very different very different but it's the same relationship you're you're helping them achieve the best that they can achieve and you kind of have to behave accordingly so coaxing or encouraging guiding all of those kind of things play into it in the same way I think also there's there's a real thing of like imposter syndrome. And I remember when we got the publishing deal, we were so excited about doing it because it did feel like the next step that made logical sense. But like I as an author just didn't feel like I was valid as an author. And I think something that you particularly did for me was really help build confidence and almost to be like, you know, we've asked you to do this because, you know, you've already built something up that's, so it's clearly a passion and you are very passionate and just trust in yourself. And I, I, I can imagine you being such an amazing teacher because of that. Because honestly, I, there were certain points where I just felt like, you know, chucking it all in with the book because I was so stressed. Oh. <laughs> and I think you were so clever at the way you would like calmly, like calm me down and just make me realise that I, I had something to say, I guess. Oh, that, well, that's so nice of you to say that. Um, but you're right, I think... I think that's what's really great of being an English teacher as well is that you can encourage that kind of there's no right or wrong answers in a cl- in an English classroom because you're all reading, approaching a text. Um, and so it's really fun to encourage students to have the confidence to say what they're thinking. It can take some time. Um, but OK, you've interpreted that character that way. Fantastic. That's a valid argument. Just because someone else hasn't thought of it doesn't mean it's not valid. Um, so, yeah, to being able to encourage people to have faith in their abilities is is really special. Did you have inspiring teachers at school? Yeah, yeah. And unsurprisingly, they were English teachers. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's funny that because a couple of girl friends who were, well, girl who were, girls who were friends at school, um, were, we were all kind of naughty together. I, I think I sort of got through school being cheeky and naughty to survive, really. I felt like I was kind of the comedic go-to. I, I would like get sent out of the class for being naughty and cheeky and then I'd be stood outside the class going I was really enjoying that lesson why did I do that and there was a couple of girls who were like encouraging me and were friends but we had this amazing geography teacher called Mrs Vincent and both of the girls are now geography teachers because of this one teacher and if this one teacher hadn't been there there's no way I I guarantee there's no way that they would have had a love for geography and gone into geography teaching it's just that this one teacher really made a difference so who who for you at school was like the inspiring person yeah it was my English teacher I mean I had two brilliant English teachers but one in particular um and she just it was that thing of she created an atmosphere in the classroom where it was just kind of discussions we just had chats about books which meant that it was just really exciting um and she took a personal interest in me as well you know we'd chat after lesson about what I was reading and what I should read next and um you know I enjoyed that um and we just had a kind of personal really I felt we had a really good connection um which she took she just took the time to get to know me and um and she did that with all of her students and so her classroom was a fantastic place to be um and she definitely was the one that encouraged me to do A-level English and then I loved it even more in her a-level English classes because I just got to talk about books I mean that is the dream (laughs) and then I without that I wouldn't have done English at uh, university and I wouldn't have gone into publishing and I would definitely wouldn't have come back around and now being training to be an English teacher myself they make a inspiring teachers make a massive difference huge huge I had that with my drama teacher I mean my brother's two years above me and he went to 
the school obviously two years above me I remember they saw a production of West Side Story that the school did when I was like 10 and I was like this is incredible and then when I joined they had a production of Sweeney Todd and I was offered Tobias Ragg as Sweeney Todd and we all got a bus up to the National Theatre and saw Julie McKenzie as Mrs Lovett in their production of Sweeney Todd and I remember just being completely blown away but constantly encouraged to appreciate it to enjoy it I think I had a shame about loving things being passionate about things a shame about being enthusiastic about art and I think one of my things is always like never apologize for enthusiasm and that has been instilled in me by these teachers that have said along the way this is good keep going this is really lovely thoughts and feelings that you're having towards this encouraging these passions you're right it is the most important thing that you can have at impressionable ages and to kind of lift it above grades like obviously schools are there to help you do well in your exams but it's the the teachers who can do that while also (laughs) making you love the subject as well I think yeah definitely what's been your biggest reward so far in the six months of teaching oh just I just the getting to know the teenage I mean the kids I teach are just they're so funny and the stuff they come out with is brilliant and they come up with they come up with stuff that hasn't hasn't occurred to me you know we, I was doing some night stream with my year nines and I can't even remember what he said now but one of the students said something and I was like wow I hadn't thought of that that's such a good way of looking at it um yeah it's when it's when I think my best lesson I think is when I did I was teaching my year nines, Midsummer Night's Dream, start of the units. They don't know the play at all. And they do this thing. Um, I mean, I didn't come up with this. This is a quite a common technique. I don't know, Russell, if you've come across this. It's a drama. So it's called a whoosh. And you basically blitz through the entire play so that the kids know what's going to happen, but you don't read the play. So you, the teacher has a synopsis, um, a really shortened synopsis that they read out. But they nominate, as you read, you nominate students to mime what you're doing. So you'll say, okay, you're Hermia and you're in love with Lysander. So then they have to mime like being in love so it's like a drama and then you can also give them a bit of dialogue um and you get the whole class involved you pick lots of different people to be all the different characters and it was hysterical and they loved it and we were all laughing because we couldn't remember who Hermia and Helena and all the various names were and but they really engaged with it and afterwards they were like I can't wait to read the play and I was like yes that's a that's a real that was that was I think a very high point um is when you've got them excited you've sparked their curiosity you want they want to learn more I love the idea of education being a kind of collaboration as well it's not like a one-sided thing being a teacher I think it is very much about that that response and feedback and the the idea that like they have a new perspective because they're so much younger as well on something that you know might be like a bible to you because you will have read it many times or or passionately you know held it close to your heart as a piece of literature kind of um you know uh, something like a standard almost but uh, it's brilliant isn't it that the kind of fresh eyes and the, the new perspectives and what that can also in turn teach you and improve your life yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can read all the academics about a play or a piece of literature, but when you've got a 14 year old saying, um, isn't that the same as like this, you know, and comparing it to a TV programme or something. It's, I, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of the time it's very funny, like the things they come up with is they're just I've I haven't laughed as much at work because um, they're just they, they're, yeah, they're brilliant. They're they're really a lot of them are really insightful. Um, and when they get talking about the books you're working on, then it's the discussions that come out of it are unexpected but also really great I guess in some ways you you get really fond of all your students and then you know at senior level you get a whole new year suddenly come in there must be some sort of mourning that you go through you're like oh, I really I was getting somewhere with these like 11 year olds and now I've got a new set yeah that must have to be that must be quite tough well also I think because a lot of teachers will follow students as well especially if you're a tutor you'll have the same students 
from year seven to year 11 and then if not sixth form so you could have seven be with these kids for seven years um I mean obviously I'm only six months in so I haven't learned this yet but you must it must be strange when they leave um because you they've been you've I know you've been such a big part of each other's lives for so long and then okay new September rolls around and suddenly you've got to do it all again and also I wonder how much I don't know I don't wonder how many how much teachers think about past students I mean I have to say, I haven't ever been in touch with my wonderful English teacher since I left. And that's and now I feel that's a shame um, because she was so formative. Um, but you kind of leave school and you move on, don't you? You go on to have your life um, and you don't necessarily stay in touch. Funnily enough, I actually just had an Instagram message. Um, it was around the time the book came out from one of my uh, English teachers called Sally Lambert. And she, um, I'd apparently always promised her that one day when I when I was famous, because I was obviously like very ambitious as a teenager, um, <laughs> that I would take her for dinner at the Oxo Tower. And she wrote to me and said, that dinner at the Oxo Tower, when's it happening? And we've been talking <laughs> a bit and I still haven't done it. I've just realised. You just so blocked I need her, to yeah. <laughs> that. Okay. Oh, that's amazing. But I love the idea that she's still like following you know she's obviously seen what we're doing and stuff it's really sweet and she remembered that um, conversation. So with, with all the experience sorry yeah i know it's funny isn't it um and with all the experiences you're having um if there was someone listening to this who might not be into english but they're into i don't know science or art or a different t- uh, topic but they're super like passionate um what would you say to them to kind of you know transform that passion into being a teacher in order to encourage you know other people to be passionate about the subject i mean yeah i asked me again in 10 years time i'm obviously only six months in but i would say definitely do it um it's been it's been fantastic i think if you've got a passion for something and a passion for sharing it with people i think that's the key as well you want to be able to share that passion with other people communicate with other people share um yeah share that passion then i would say it's been it's been the biggest life change i've done i mean it's completely transformed my life but it's also been so rewarding already um and i'm still very much at the early stages still learning still watching other teachers around me and seeing how they do it but um it's just emotionally very rewarding and it's exciting knowing that I've got years ahead of me where I can still share my passion um, with all the different students I will go on to teach. That's Aww. amazing. Can you get our talk art book into the school library? <laughs> into the curriculum. Yes. Yeah, on the curriculum. Um, <laughs> Definitely. I will, um, I will make that happen. It was happen. so good um, that... It was so good we got a Sunday Times bestseller because you could sort of like leave publishing on a major high. Yeah, it's a bit like a mic drop, isn't it? Achieve that, that's a career high, now I can leave. (laughs) Check, check, check. (laughs) Exactly. We We should do the traditional talk art. Oh, yes. If you could do an art heist. Oh, my goodness. What would you steal and why? I should have anticipated this question, shouldn't I? Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, just any Hepworth. I'd have that just um, sculpture. Cool. Yeah, I yeah, I think that would be. I think that's any into a house and studio in St Ives. No, and I keep meaning to. I keep meaning to, but every time, oh, um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely on my bucket list. Um, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. I love Barbara Hepworth so much. I actually got to go down to St Ives and I, I saw the studio, and it was like one of the most magical things like it's so well yeah, preserved and cared brilliant. for you will love it you have to go you should really make it yeah no because I've, I've read lots about her and i i you know obviously seen a few pieces but yeah that's definitely yeah maybe i'll do that and then i'll do it i won't do an art heist while i'm there i won't suggest <laughs> i can't be a teacher condoning every guest. Theft. <laughs> <laughs> the other um question we ask every guest is what is your favorite color orange Oh, oh, same as me. Is it? I love that. Is it? 
Yeah. Yeah, that's my favourite colour, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I should say pink, shouldn't I, really? Because that's the colour of the book. Um, and it does look amazing. But I love I love a bright orange. I think it's a very cheerful colour. Uh, instantly uplifting. What What is the best advice you've received so far in your teaching career? Be, just be confident and... Oh, what is the best? I've had lots. Obviously, I'm in my teacher training year, so it's after every lesson. It's um, don't beat yourself up if it doesn't go quite to plan, because it never does. <laughs> so, yeah. Be kind to yourself yeah. and keep positive. Exactly. Go exactly. with the flow. Go with the Love flow. Yeah. <laughs> you will never, yeah, the flow when you've well, got that many teenagers is the only thing. Yeah. Well, teaching really, <laughs> teaching really, really can shape lives. And, um, you know, you can really inspire young people, but also inspire yourself through teaching. And um, I really do think it's a wonderful um, new part of your life. And I, I can see how energized you are. Like, it's really, it's really wonderful to see the enthusiasm, you, you know, you have for this uh, shift in your life. So um, thank you so much for talking to us. Well, thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Ella. Um, yeah, so as Rob said, anyone listening, uh, we want to thank Ella Parsons today and get into teaching for partnering on this special episode of Toolcart. And if you are inspired or thinking of a career where every lesson shapes a life, then search Get Into Teaching now to find out more. That's right. Get into teaching. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back very soon. Thank you, Ella. We love you. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Toby. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode. With music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. <laughs>